gentlemen this is spectre radio a paranormal podcast where we talk all things paranormal such as ghosts cryptids ufos you know what the hell we're throwing a couple of conspiracy theories but anything weird uh before i bring it on a guest i do want to make some uh, quick announcements and uh number one uh as you've seen in the beginning that this is presented by uh, breakaway media which is my own graphic design company so if you're ever looking for logos uh flyers ad promos uh branding designs you can reach out to me on Facebook. The link is in the description down below. And also, you can support Spectre Radio by getting Spectre Radio merch. Uh, the link for that is in the description. I've got hats, shirts. I've got um, you know, dog tags. I've got cups, stickers, whatever. Uh, if you don't see it, let me know, and I can certainly add that item to the list. Uh, also, uh, I am a part of a new group that are just now coming out. Uh, Outer Realm Paranormal. Uh, we do have a UK division. So if you're interested in either one of them, check them out. And last but not least, uh, some of you may have heard I am starting a monthly special. And this is basically a trial by fire for those that preach Parunity. But it's time to see if they actually practiced it. And that is Consortium of Shadows. If you are interested in being on the panel to talk about the paranormal for the sake of the paranormal, Reach out to me, and I will get you on the show. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for the announcement. And our guest tonight, uh, she is a psychic. She comes very highly rated on the psychic network, purpleocean.co. Uh, the link is in the description. And, yeah, her accuracy is crazy. So you do not want to miss this. If you have questions for her, Feel free to make the comment pop in, and I will pull it up on the show, and we will get her to answer them. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Libra Starseed. Hi there, Mr. How's Shad. it going? Thanks for having me. Good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, it's definitely a pleasure to have you on. Um, Thank you. Happy to be here. So, you know, I met you through a mutual friend, uh, Michael Pierce. Uh, if he's watching... Uh, definitely a big shout out to you for getting her to uh, reaching out to me to get her on my show. Uh, <laughs> after having ch checked out her link, you know, definitely was worth uh, getting her on. Thank you. And so, you know, we'll kind of start off with the usual run of the mill question. Uh, first one is When did you realize you had an ability? Um, I have known most of my life, probably around. 10, you know, when kids start getting personalities and cognition, um, I just always dreamed things before they happened, knew them before they happened, and then it would take place. And I hadn't told anybody that I'd seen it. I was a pretty painfully shy kid. 
Um, mm. so this isn't something that I would have like gone and told a family member or anything like that. Um, and that ability to just instantly know things just for no reason before they happen. And then, you know, turn on the news and it's, you right. know, that kind of a situation. Um, as far as like the different abilities, I think the strongest one at times is clear audience, which is just hearing messages, right. um, seeing them. It's like playing charades with the universe. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I've known most of my life that I was psychic. I did not know um, until very recently that I was a medium. Um, okay. And, you know, as far as connecting people with loved ones in spirit, past loved ones, et cetera. Um, I actually right. hoped not to be a medium. <laughs> right. Well, you know, with the whole, uh, I know there are quite a few different types of Claire. And, um, you know, with Claire audience, I always thought that one would be rather interesting to experience, you know, to to get into, you know, whatever field you work in and to be able to hear something that from somebody that was either once alive or even perhaps an entity, uh, something that is not of the natural. I mean, that's got to be uh, got to be quite an experience. What was that like the first time you actually heard something? Um, I always heard things. It's typically in my own voice or a whisper. Um, okay. And it's usually in my right ear, um, which in the 3D world and the physical realm is more of a nuisance because I am hyper, hyper noise sensitive to just gotcha. average everyday life noise. Um, hearing the voices didn't really scare me because they'd always been there. And I just assumed it was me thinking to myself, telling, right. you know, how we talk to ourselves in our heads, but it was always different because I wasn't at the wheel of starting the thought, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All but right. That's well, scary. <laughs> uh, well I, I can imagine. I mean, uh, before I answer my next question, uh, give some quite, uh, shout out to some of the people in the audience. Uh, we have Anna Brandemark from Message from the Afterlife. She also is a psychic. Nice. Um, and then we have, I believe this is Lisa Marie. Hi, um, Lisa Marie. She is a paranormal investigator that I've worked with a few times. Um, we got some investigation coming up on Friday, which we will be streaming live. Uh, we haven't quite locked down the location because I know quite a few in the state. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that is Lisa. Okay. And, you know, one of the other things that I've noticed with uh, people that have abilities is a lot of time there is the whole... Um, the whole history that a lot, especially with females, uh, when they hit the the, the, the puberty, hmm. uh, the chemical changes in the body tend to either alter or enhance. Gotcha. Uh, what was that like for you at that time with your ability? Oh man, um, I was a highly emotional you know, adolescent around 10 or 11. Um, and this is just a theory of mine as to how this happened. One, I believe that it's hereditary somehow. I okay. do not know how that is, but my mother had abilities. Her mother had abilities, you know, going further back in time when it was less and less uh, acceptable to talk about, you know, seeing mm -hmm. the future and such. So 
I'm honestly the first generation to just kind of step out with it and actually use it. Um, as far as how I processed it, at that age, it was difficult um, because it was like set in the world that's made up thing that's not real or supposed to be real. Um, and it led me to experiment in the craft for a right. while. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that wasn't the avenue that I was meant to go on my personal, you know, path with being able to see, hear, feel things. Um, right. but it was, it was a necessary lesson I can say. Right. So in essence, no. I dealt with it by dealing with craft work because I didn't know where else to put that energy. Right. So when you first start to, uh, you know, it, explore um what was the first encounter or event that you had that basically was like sealed the deal okay this is the direction i should be going or this this is what i want to do this is what i'm meant to do um that wasn't until around 20 that i started doing readings professionally and it was a very short stint um Mm, okay Originally, and again, at that time, I had not yet become aware that I was a medium. Um, right. I'm more of an intuitive tarot reader. But as far as why I chose to do it, I just want to help. <laughs> I know that sounds like the simplest answer. Um, right. But just the way I've rationalized it to myself recently since I've been back in it, because I actually stopped when I was 20 because I predicted someone was going to die unknowingly. And then a week later, they did. So I got scared. Um, yeah. Then I got scared. Right. But um, it, it's because I want to help. I feel that, you know, something like this is given for a reason. We're all psychic. Um, mm. And it just made me feel like a duty to, okay, life is rough. <laughs> I know what confusion is like. I know what sadness of all kinds are like. Let me help someone see the path more clearly, see what's coming up etc. Telepathy, the whole jazz, whatever they need when they come for a reading. If I'm able to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. I know that's a really long answer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so now I, I know a lot of psychics tend to have uh, a go-to deck. Okay. Do you have a deck that's uh, pretty much your, your workhorse? Oh, man. Right now, I do. And they switch, they change, but this is my current workhorse deck that I use in most readings. Okay. Um, it is the New Era Elements Tarot deck. Um, okay. And to me, it feels like a combo of an Oracle deck with a standard tarot deck because it doesn't have all of the, you know, typical major or minor arcana. There's a couple here and there, but then we have... Um, signature cards like stability, which says a million and one things, depending on who I'm reading for. Um, and whereas a queen of cups in another deck, this is the mother of water, but essentially it's the same exact card. So, um, and even the feel of the card makes a difference to me, but naturally I end up reaching for this one. Um, if I'm using tarot in a reading, um, which is something I do like here and there, um, most of my readings are just channeled channeled readings without the tarot and of course if someone requests tarot and what's there not to love about it okay so what's the difference between 
uh, your typical tarot and your oracle deck. Okay, so an oracle deck, I have one right here. They're usually like a standard overall message. There is no fool. There's no sun card or any of those. Okay. Um, but lemon balm, this could speak to someone needing to, I don't know why I'm getting someone needing to lubricate the lips for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> just based off of that card um right. unless there's just like a random simple issue with like having chapped lips or it could speak to dehydration and that's the lemon balm card it has nothing to do with the meeting um per the books that come with them but it's okay. more of an intuitive uh deck where the reader is free to see whatever is there um versus if you pull a full card that has it's standard meaning. It's like, um, and this is not verbatim, but someone who is ready to start over in a positive light, something to right. that effect. Um, so that's just like a basic difference between the two cards. I've honestly spent um, a bit of time in the last couple of years just experimenting with different types of decks because each of them speaks its own kind of language. So to right, speak. right. Well, uh, we have another guest that just popped in, uh, Kimmy Corp. Uh, she, she's a, another fun friend I, that I have. Uh, she cool. is working with uh, Donna Sassy Partlow from Echoes in the Wind. Nice. And, you know, so we have your, what, what was the first, uh, do you remember the first reading you did when you first experimented with the Oracle deck? With the Oracle deck specifically, I believe it was a, um, I posted it to YouTube um, because I didn't use them much when I was doing one-on-one -on -one readings with people at first, but I, okay. I did a collective reading um, just for whoever finds it kind of a thing. It's usually timeless. There's no, you know, box of time that I put the energy into because people are meant to get right. the messages as they come. Um, but I believe it, that was the reading type I used. Um, and it was more of a healing message. For me, an Oracle deck is a general scope of the uh, the health of the energy that's around you. Um, right. Your environment, your energetic field, and what you could or couldn't be doing to pull it into balance. You know, what's pulling it out of balance. At least how I read an Oracle deck. Right. Because it's so gray. Right. Yeah. Now, do you have, do you go through um, different preparation when using either one of the deck or is are the preparation pretty similar? Um, it's definitely similar across the board. My overall preparation before I do readings is heavy meditation. Um, okay. you know, I got to leave the planet for a little bit, connect the chakras where they need to be and make sure that my own energy is balanced and clear so that I can take in everyone else's right, right. through it and decipher the messages, etc. Um, I sage in between every single reading. Um, I do a prayer of gratitude as a part of like, it's for all of the cards and the workspace, myself included as the vessel. Um, right. Gratitude for even having the ability, <laughs> the way that it's been given to me in particular. 
and um, setting the intention to be open to helping. Um, I think that's the angle that I work from, just wanting to help, to heal, to understand, to love. Because um, the world's kind of nuts. <laughs> You're telling me. I mean, I'm I'm a conspiracy guy. So when I start looking at some of the news and I start hearing people talk about things and I start looking at some of the YouTube channels, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm like, man, I've smoked some good drugs, but I've never come up with this shit. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Shane McLean. He is the director of Out Around Paranormal. Thanks for stopping okay. by. Um, now, you mentioned, you know, uh, prayer and uh staging mm-hmm. what do you normally use for protection for protection all day i am wearing most of it right now um, right. but i have a black tourmaline i have a selenite and i also have uh amethyst with organite for protection Ooh. yeah yeah so, i've got uh I've got this uh, thing of just raw amethyst that I've been trying to uh, start doing uh, copper wire wrap. Cool. Oh, my gosh. Um, And some of these pieces are just beautiful. I mean, I've seen a lot of cool amethyst, but these ones are small, so they make for great small pendant. Nice. Now, when you're using crystals... Uh, aside from wearing them with jewelry, do you ever use them to uh, place them around uh, where you're going to do your readings? Or absolutely, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I've got a couple. I'm not sure if you can see them very well, but oh, I yeah. have my eyes lit up when you said raw amethyst because I do have this one on my workspace. Mm. It's a little guy, um, but a powerful one. Another selenite tower. Um, this one is actually dragon's blood along with black tourmaline, like a mixture of the two for extra protection, balance, grounding. Um, and then I have green calcite as well. Now, I'm not a crystal expert, but the ones that I have, I mostly to enhance the psychic ability to help you right. know, steady me with it because um, it can go all over the place and that's not fun. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and and I've I've been on shows where we've talked about crystal. Then, you know, I've gone down rabbit hole, and by the time we get to the end of the show, I'm like looking around. Am I still in my own apartment? Where the hell did I just? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, has there ever been a time when you've done a reading and something like really shook you? I mean, it, it, I'm not asking you to go into detail. But, you know, something happened and it just almost made you uh, have second thoughts about pursuing this field. Oh, man, I've got that one for you. Easy. It was um, I did house calls for a short bit um, and it was a medium session um, connecting with spirit, past loved ones. And the gentleman that came through was exactly who um, the sitter wanted to speak with. It was a grandfather. Um, but he took me back to the Holocaust for a bit, as far as presenting me as the reader, the evidence of exactly who he is undeniably. Um, right. So that was obviously emotionally heavy. 
Um, that one, um, I think I came home that day and my entire right arm just kind of stayed cold because I'd also tapped into um, a fall of father energy that was not very kind. And it mm -hmm. kind of stuck to me for a while long after I was already home. So some extra cleansing was needed that day. Um, I think I cried all the way home that day after I did that medium session, because that was the day that it was solidified that right. I could connect in that way. Um, and I didn't want it. <laughs> well, I, I can certainly uh, understand that. Uh, yeah. So would you say that was an attachment or? I do feel it was an attachment. Um, okay. And also for me at that point, I hadn't really crafted my protection. Like, what's my right. method every single time? What is my plan B? How am I going to cleanse and, you know, lovingly release, say thank you to whoever comes through um, and then cut the cord. But that particular person wanted to hang out for a little bit that day. Right. <laughs> um, so that that. That shook me a little bit, um, particularly the trip to such a time in history. Um, right. And I'm not, you know, I like books, but I don't really get into history of any kind, which is really weird. So I don't know as far as real world knowledge about a lot of different um, historical places, events, political Like I'm, I live under a rock, basically. <laughs> However, um, I did learn something as shaken as I was uh, right. from that sitting. Um, and it was obviously a good thing because that person got to connect with who they most desired to hear from because I can't right. control who comes through. Um, right. It's more of the sitter kind of brings them to me when they come. Okay. Um this is, uh, as I mentioned before, this is uh, Shane McLean. He is a demonologist. Uh, he uses a little different uh, and myrrh. For, for protections. Um, Thank you. And instead of sage, he uses frankincense and myrrh. Have you ever used either one of them? I haven't, actually. Okay. Um, what I do know is that frankincense and myrrh is it, predominantly used in the Catholic faith, but has been used in other religious circles. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see here. We also have, uh, I believe this is uh, Lisa trying to see if she's invisible still. Because sometimes we have uh, people that are trying to get on here, and for some gotcha. reason their name doesn't show up. Okay, gotcha. And uh, I love the energy. Fun bunch. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're working with crystals. Um, have you ever had a crystal uh shatter on you um i haven't had a crystal shatter on me but i have had several of my bracelets um just kind of exit service if you will and right, they break, right. um and it's said in the spiritual community if you're you know one of the bracelets breaks then it's done its job to completion for you mm -hmm. and it's no longer needed so i have had that happen but i have not had crystals shatter spontaneously okay um, what have been your, uh, have, have you experienced any uh, telekinetic events or phenomenon? Telekinetic events or phenomenon. I can say yes to that. Um, 
and it's only my mom and <laughs> she's she's right. on the other side and um when i'm not really listening she starts messing with lights no matter where i am city state if i'm traveling if i'm not hearing a message clearly she starts messing with the lights turning them off and on um to let me know hey eyes up <laughs> i yeah. got something for you um but that i believe is the only one it's a recent memory at least right yeah but i'm sure there's been more than once yeah um, and spirits in the entire thing oh, right wow. Uh, Anna said she's had um, crystal shadow. Oh, wow. And uh, you know, one interesting thing, um, Anna and I, we play this game called The Demonologist. And uh, one of the nights she was having some weird activity in her home. And so she got like an EM detector and she started to go to her office. And and, and this, this is kind of connected to my next question. Okay. When she got to this one part in her office, uh, it started to trigger the uh, EM detector. Okay. And so she moved it more and more, and she was able to, and, and she got this on video. It locked in on one specific tarot deck. Gotcha. And so, I mean, have you ever, uh, you know, like gone to any type of uh, paranormal event or paracon, anything like that, and saw a deck and was interested in it, but when you picked it up, you just felt something was definitely off about it? Let's see. That sort of sounds like the way I choose a deck in a physical mm -hmm. store. I'm usually just drawn to it. Um, and there was a deck. I really liked the, a, um, it's an Aleister Crowley tarot deck. Um, okay. I love the design, the artwork. Um, and I don't know much about his reputation at all. I'll be honest. But when I put my hand on it, even though I was drawn to it, it felt like it wasn't my speed or I wasn't its speed. It just like once I set hands on it, it wasn't an energetic match. And so I had to leave that one. I didn't right. feel a physical spark or anything, but it was like a rejection. Like, don't touch this like you would, you know touch something really, really hot, like uh, a burner on a stove and immediately pull your hand away. So it was, it was something like that um, as to why I didn't go with that particular deck, even though it totally pulled me in. Right. Uh, Shane McLean, the, the Frankincense and Mirror and uh, Holy Water from the Jordan River. Uh, Benedict Cross, uh, Black Obsidian, Tanzadine, Tiger's Eye, uh, and he's basically, he uses them when he does uh, his cleansing or he goes on his investigation. Okay. Um, have you ever used Tiger's Eye? I have. Um, I actually just had a Tiger's Eye bracelet break as I was sleeping oh, okay. last night. <laughs> And, and uh, what were you doing when that broke? And what was your first thought when that happened? It was in the night. My first thought was, okay, does that mean that you, I no longer need your services? Or is this an indicator that something energetically around me isn't exactly uh, right, balanced, clear of anything that might, you know, be lingering from the last right. several hundred readings I've done? Um, because, you know, no one is perfect, and that includes 
with you know the spiritual uh tarot things like that so it's for sure it's something worth being very diligent about um and i don't believe that my tiger's eye is out of commission so i'm just going to get another one and if it breaks on me again i'll, I'll take that as service complete <laughs> right <laughs> <clears throat> yeah i've um uh, you know i've heard stories about how people uh, come across uh, very negative energies or uh, malevolent entities and have certain crystals uh, break on them. Wow. And yeah, you know, when you get into the paranormal field and you start doing like investigations, and, um, you know, I'm also extremely avid researcher. Awesome. Um, and so you learn a lot of weird things. Uh, have you ever gotten into uh into certain practices or even ritual uh that don't normally fall in your circle that don't normally fall in my circle my current circle is definitely of you know light worker um okay around the time that i started tarot when i was in my 20s i was still experimenting with um wicca with hoodoo um i did get into a period of using darker materials um and that led me to my first truly physical paranormal experience um and it came by way of the most random thing a, a kurt cobain poster on the wall okay. of the apartment that i was in at the time it was above my bed i had all of my you know black magic materials at the time uh, stored in a little chest in the other room. And um, for the period of a couple of weeks, I kept waking up or I felt I was waking up in the night. I was probably in between. Um, and there was a face in this Kurt Cobain poster. And progressively, it's like the face started to protrude over time until one night there was a figure standing at the foot of my bed. And I was not able to move anything. Um, I wasn't able to form my lips to say the Our Father. So I just thought it to myself. Right. Um, once I started thinking the, the Our Father to myself, a light, it felt around my head. And I could only move my eyes. Now, you know, scientists, I'm sure, would call this sleep paralysis. But this is something that has not happened to me since or right. ever in that same way. Um when I looked back down after the light came up about my head, the figure was gone. Now, obviously, I got rid of ev all things dark magic, wicket, all of it that same mm. day. Uh, the posters, I've never had a poster on my wall since. Um, can certainly understand why. Yeah, <laughs> that was <laughs> the, the deepest and darkest physically. Okay. Uh, affecting paranormal experience I've ever had. And that was not during a time that I was practicing as a reader, um, offering those services to people. I was, you know, right. doing the magic thing. <laughs> yeah. So Anna said, uh, why do we pick cards that we are drawn to? Our dog I mean, she wants to know, what are your thoughts as to why uh, cards speak out to certain, certain cards speak out to certain people? What's your thoughts on that? I believe it's it's a, an energy match in a way, um, okay. and also that person's level of understanding of the tarot, 
or if they need to learn something from that particular deck on their own life path, because there's messages for readers through the decks that they use for other people. Now, this is just my opinion. I can't speak to everyone's experience. Um, But but for me, it's been that way. Um, Some of the decks that have chosen me have been meant to challenge me as far as my use of the tarot with readings. Um, And for other people, I feel it's almost like a companion. Obviously, it's a companion. It's a physical gateway in between. Um, And as far as how a person, I feel the deck chooses the person per their language as well, their level of understanding of life in general and how well they can articulate the messages that come through a specific deck versus another one. Right. So, I know we're coming on the uh, the card topic for a little bit, but I mean, it, it just, it's kind of interesting. Um, I know that there are some people when they go and get cards, whether it be from a metaphysical shop or a, a Paracon or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, there are those who just will not buy a pre-used deck. Oh, wow. I can understand. Uh, why. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've heard, I've heard stories about people that get a deck you know, it would, it would be formally used by somebody else, and they weren't aware that uh, the previous owner had used them for some uh, contrary purposes sure. to things like that. Sure. Uh, have you ever had a deck that uh, had an attachment to the deck itself? Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for you so far. Oh, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful to have not had that particular experience. Um, yeah, I... I tend to not accept tarot decks as gifts um, unless it is from someone who is pristinely energetically clean um, for certain. Um, Otherwise they're all brand new. um, And I go physically in person so that that kind of energy dance between me and what's there in the store can happen. And then I'm led to the right one every time. Right. <clears throat> and uh, Shane is referring to the fact that Tiger's Eye breaks so easy. Does it? Okay, I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, ha- yeah, have you always known that you've been a reader? Hmm. I can say yes. I've, I've always known that I was a little psychic. I didn't know how much. <laughs> um, and I didn't originally have interest in being a reader. I was called to offering it as a service as you know an extension of love from having the gift from my mother's passing um i came back to it in the last couple of years and i did grow into it from there so yes to both both parts of that question actually and still growing always growing always learning more (laughs) oh for sure uh, here's Delta at, uh, have you ever used runes or runestones? I have not, not at all. Okay. Uh, runestones, uh, they have a very interesting history. Um, there's actually a, a Viking poem called, called Norupo, which is, some believe that it is what's called a mnemonic, uh, poetry or a mnemonic practice. And what that means is it's a memory aid. 
because it's about the 16 core rune that are the root for all the other runes. And the belief is that if you actually write these runes out, they reveal the secret. Um, you know, I mean, I myself, I have a uh, a Vig Vizier, which I, you know, I wear sometimes when I go on my investigation, mm-hmm. tribute to my Viking ancestry. Nice. And I've always found that for as primitive as runes are, runes seem to have a a more clear connection when it comes to practices like that, whether it be in a psychic field or a practice of magic or a religion. Okay. What has been the one thing that you've encountered in your life that seemed to ha- uh, connect your abilities to what you believe the <laughs> most deeply about? Can you rephrase that one a bit for me? I'm sorry. No, no problem. Um, what What's the one thing in your life that seemed to connect your abilities and what you believe together? You know, it can be an object. It can be a situation. It can be a religious belief. So, I mean, do you have anything that just kind of solidifies your ability, your, your psychic abilities into every aspect of your life? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I warned you about this. I asked those deep questions. I like it, though. I like being challenged and learning. Thank you. I would say the thing that solidifies it for me is the ability itself. Um, okay. And the people that I have read for thus far that i've channeled for thus far um also the result of you know some of my clientele and the improvement around their lives and when they come back and tell me oh my gosh this happened now here's the thing about when i channel a reading i don't remember it i it's like it's not retained into you know the physical memory bank it's just channeled through so it's news to me when someone comes back and tells me something i right. told them would work out has worked out oh great what what, what did i say so- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've actually had something like that uh well let me let me get your thought on this because i've already talked to a couple other psychics about this and i'm not going to uh reveal name because there's it's a very personal situation for this individual. Okay. But I was in a video call with two other psychics. And during this conversation, I kept getting this vision of a white car. Hmm. And it was almost like, have you ever seen Stranger Things? Oh, I love Stranger Things. Okay. You know the uh, uh, the upside down? Yes. Okay. That's what I kept seeing. I just saw all black and it was just this white car. Wow. Nothing else. And so I was like, does the white car mean anything to either one of you? And one of the girls, she went white and she stopped talking for the rest of the conversation. Oh, wow. And I I had no idea what was going on. And finally, I was like, I left. A couple days later, she reaches out to me and she says, here's why your statement about that car freaked me out so much. I was kidnapped 20 years ago and held captive in a white car. My goodness. And ever since then, you know, I get more of these little weird, small visions. Uh, I was able to talk to a friend of mine and describe her home from uh, her first marriage or her her only marriage uh, when she was with this guy and they had a home down south. I could describe the exact kind of metal that was used on the doorknob. Gotcha. 
but I can never make it happen. Um, it hits me randomly. Do, do, do things like that happen to you? Or are you able to have a little more control with it? Yes. I can say yes to having the control. I worked very hard for it. Um, and the way those visions have come to you is the way mine used to come to me. Random, out of nowhere. Nonsensical particles of full right. messages. So the thing that helped me kind of, gosh, the only way to describe this is kind of cheesy. You know, Lay it on power. <laughs> okay. It was deep meditation. I meditate every day, a couple of times a day. Um, and within that space, it helped me to put a focus on the third eye and the crown chakra. And as far as receiving messages from past loved ones, that is not something that I can control and just go to. I have okay. to wait for it to kind of download in. Psychic right. information, I can kind of point the lens, you know, depending right. on the person's question and look specifically there. Um, same goes for uh, remote viewing, telepathy, um, et cetera. So it's just a little different. It takes practice. It really does. I believe that everyone is psychic. Everyone is right. psychic. Um, and these things can be further developed and worked on to get, it's like a muscle essentially right. uh, to build a physical muscle. You have to work out lift for sure, <laughs> build an ethereal muscle. It's just a different kind of workout. Right. Uh, so Anna, yeah, go ahead. And it's a commitment as well. Like doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Know. Yeah. Uh, so Anna wants to know, do you have a hard time working with other medium because of the type of energy that they have? Not at all, actually. Um, I'm wondering, Anna, if you mean if I have read for other mediums or vice versa, because yes to both of those. Um, okay. And I haven't had a problem with reading for other mediums, aside from, you know, uh, if I feel that person's energy is a bit stronger than mine, I'm instantly like a I feel like a student that I must impress the professor who is a little bit more developed than me kind of a feeling. Um, for sure. but I, I'm honored to read for other mediums because right. of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I myself am, am an artist and I love working with other artists. There's just something uh, unique about being able to collaborate with somebody. You know, in your case, you know, you, you work, you either work with another medium or you read for a medium and have a medium read for you. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of collaboration that in a, in a unique way, it creates something like a bond between you and the other person. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, Shane says he's got two psychics on his team. Uh, they're both different, but they're valuable. Nice. How important do you think it is that psychic come together and, you know, establish some sort of, uh, common ground because I mean, I don't know if the psychic community has the same issues as the paranormal community. You see a lot of toxic people, you see a lot of drama. Um, sure, absolutely. Okay, and <laughs> we, so, our community is not immune <laughs> to okay, you know, toxic energy and low right. vibrations and all of the things. Um, right, I value the ability to have a space where mediums, psychics, seers, oracles, lenormans of all kinds can come, all kinds can come together and speak. 
because it's important to support each other. This is, you know, it's a kind of a crazy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You got to um, be a little crazy to do something this crazy. Got to be a little crazy to do something this crazy. And <laughs> it's, it's an interesting lifestyle. It's, it's almost, yeah. at least for me, it is a lifestyle. It is my daily. Um, I wake up with it. I go to bed with it. I have to manage it. I have to take care of myself in a specific way in order to a maintain it and be in control of it um, right. and, and stay cleansed. But for us to be able to come together, I think it's highly important for there to be uh, a, a, a watering hole to gather around. And even if it's just a vent about uh, experiences <clears throat> and channelings and things like that, mm -hmm. um, super important. Um I don't feel like it should be competitive, even though I know it is, you know, because it's also a business um, and that can get yucky <laughs> as far yeah. as losing sight of the true purpose. At least that is mm -hmm. my, that is my lens and my approach to it. I'm right. here to, you know, compete with my fellow psychics. Um, I'm excited every time I meet new ones. <laughs> It's like okay, great. It's not just me. Yeah. Um, uh, Anna says I don't mind uh, working with other psychic. Uh, I just can't concentrate. Right. Oh no. When you're working with other psychic, how how do you stay focused? Um. Again, the meditation practice is where <laughs> I reined it all in i'm able to just kind of drop out of my physical body and let the powers that be step in give the answers to the questions and um i learned my own energy so that i could discern everything else that i know for a fact is not mine i mean that helps right. me keep it out and keep a, a distance to it even though i have to tap into it to do the reading or the channeling um, practice over time and, and teaching myself how to control the energy around me that comes through me, staying a safe distance between me and that person, but still able to, you know, look at all of the things they want. Right. Have you ever, uh, you know, when you work with other mediums, have you ever had to, uh, you know, kind of like meet up with them first and establish some ground rules? Um, I can't, well, it's been online, so that's a hard one to answer. As far right. as ground rules, um, I do have it stated in my profile, things that I will and will not read upon certain topics, Okay, yeah. things like that, how to get the most out of a reading with me, you know, instructions like that. Um, right. The fellow mediums I've experienced, I've had no problem with my personal protocols for reading being followed. Um, and I tend to give more than what is asked for. <laughs> I, I, I know I'm, I'm guilty of myself. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think that I've had any direct, like face-to-face. -face. I haven't had an opportunity yet to be able to meet up with fellow mediums in person. It's all been just, you know, digital world, online but it's uh, well, have, have you gone on an investigation? I have not. 
Well, I am going to extend a personal invitation if you and Mike ever come to Minnesota, because I know you're uh, you're just east of me. Yes. Uh, if you ever just come to Minnesota, uh, I know some crazy places to bring you that will probably um, give your abilities a little bit of a shock. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, some of these things... You know, I, I've only been uh, like officially investigating for the last four or five years. Okay. I've been uh, fascinated by the paranormal since I was a kid. You know, while all the other guys were sitting there playing baseball and football, yeah. uh, my scrawny ass was on a bike heading down to the library reading, uh, you know, uh, Mysteries of the Unknown, Cryptids, <laughs> Bigfoot Hunters, UFOs, all that stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's been in the last four years because I started in 2019. Um, I mean, I've even gone to some of the more uh, popular places that you see on like ghost adventures. I've been to the Palmer House Hotel, you know. Wow, wow, that wow. okay. Uh, before I go on to the question, I do have to tell you this because every time I bring up the Palmer House, I'm always reminded of this. And of course, Thomas Rakowski, if you ever catch this, you know, I, you can go ahead and call me and shoot me a new ass for this, but this is just <laughs> too damn funny. Okay. So we're at the Palmer House, and uh, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Lucy. She's Lucy? supposed to have been the lady of the evening that was killed there. Interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and she had this one room that she used to go to a lot. It's room 17. And we were investigating, and I had a couple other people with me. Um, there was myself. I had Neil on my right. Then Thomas was sitting at the foot of the bed. And then I had a, a guest investigator, Harley Black. Mm -hmm. uh, she was on the opposite side of the bed and she was setting up an XLS camera. All of a sudden, she gets the most confused look on her face. And she looked at me, she's like, come here. And I go over there and I'm looking at the screen and I couldn't believe what I saw. And I said, Tom, are you feeling anything? Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I don't feel anything. Why? No lie. There was a stick figure on his knee giving Tom oral. Stop it. <laughs> What in the world? I, I don't know. I mean, to this day, I'm still I'm thinking, did I really just see that? I mean. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, ever since then, every time we brought Tom out with us, you know, I always say the same thing. All right, now, Tom, mm -hmm. we're here for paranormal investigation, not paranormal dating. <laughs> Lay off the go. Nice. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. I mean, so. That, that kind of a good segue. What has been the funniest thing that's ever happened to you with your ability? The, the funniest thing that's ever happened to me with my ability. Um, I get laughed at by my guides. You know, sometimes I rebel against my own intuition. Um, and I can be snarky and sarcastic in my day-to-day -day life. Just, you know, I'm a class, forever class clown, basically. Uh Say one day I turned left instead of right. And because I turned left when I was told to go right, I had to sit 20 minutes in front of a train. I can literally hear my guides. Well, what'd you learn? They're very, very snarky with me. Um, <laughs> namely my mother. <laughs> she has not stopped parenting me just because right. she no longer occupies a body. Um, okay. So I get poked fun at. That's, that's hilarious to me. Um, and I know every time it's like, okay, yeah, all right. I, I got that. Gotcha. So. Um, now, this one, 
you don't have to answer. Uh, but I do think it's just something that sometimes is is not talked about enough. Okay. Uh, have you ever found yourself in a certain state, mental health-wise, when you did a reading, uh, you almost felt like you were going to break? The emotion was extremely overwhelming. Um, I've definitely had readings that were emotionally draining and overwhelming, but not to the point of breaking um, because of, you know, my routine, meditation, the rituals that I use every day. However, um, if I'm drained and then I have a challenging reading on a sensitive topic, uh, like uh, for instance, I read for someone who is trying to gain closure with a past loved one who had abused her when she was a child. Mm. Um, that level of heaviness I have experienced. Um, I can't say to the point of breaking because if I'm that drained, I stop for the day. I don't do any more readings right. until I am back to square one energetically and I've cycled through that, you know, heaviness that I took off of the other person. So, and then, you know, just along the same lines, mm-hmm. um, have you ever encountered someone in, in, when you're doing your reading who would uh, mentally, not in, in good mental shape and probably shouldn't be getting a reading? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what do you say to people like that? So because I'm on a platform that's like an app and it's a dial-in, text-in, call-in system, um, we're recommended to offer the National Suicide Hotline. And I actually keep that phone number on my my work wall in front of my desk as a just-in-case. Um, I have spoken to quite a few clients that I knew right away that I wasn't quite the help that they needed at the time. Um, But as a slightly wayward psychic who didn't know she was also a medium most of her life, I have experienced mental challenges, um, bouts with depression because of this thing that I didn't understand about myself that made me so extremely open to the world around me that I didn't know I was absorbing all of it for a lifetime and holding on to it. If that makes any sense at all. Um, As far as how I have spoken to those people in those calls who really would benefit from a professional. Um, I am gentle. And I actually don't do the talking because if someone's in that frame of mind, they've gotten there because they've gone a long period of time without compassion, without Mm -hmm. feeling heard and actually being listened to. So that is what I offer them. Um, And I intently listen. Um, And then I do gently uh, suggest the national suicide hotline when I, you know I've been talking to someone right. on, in an extreme state um but I'm always loving and I always open my ear because that's what that person has been missing um right. so that you know that breaking point and not being able to speak unfiltered um without judgment 
Now, somebody calls me and tells me they just murdered someone or they're on trial for murder. I am so sorry. <laughs> that's that's a different yeah. level of response for sure. For wow. yeah. Nice to meet you, Anna. Thank you. Um, you know, one of the things that I've also encountered with uh, I, I've, I've had situa- situations like that happen myself with um, paranormal investigations, and one of them is. Uh, there is a cemetery not far from where I live, and it's a cemetery for orphaned children with disabilities, mental and physical. Uh, and this was, um, to backtrack a little bit, a lot of kids were dumped off at the state hospital in southern Minnesota between the mid-1800s to the early 1900s. Common practice. Kid has disabilities, they dump them off at the hospital, and they never go back for them. Mm. So a lot of these kids were left alone. And there, there is a school not far from the original site called the Minnesota state Academy for the deaf down in Fairbolt. I went to that school and when I got to the cemetery, what happened was in the early 1900s, the facility in the southern Minnesota became so overcrowded with those kids that they had to build another one in Cambridge, which is just north of where I live. Gotcha. And they transferred most of those kids there. And that's where uh, the cemetery was built shortly afterward. And this cemetery has no adult. It's all children. Man. Um, and because they were unclaimed, Mm-hmm. No money was coming in. They were just given a brick with their initials on the year they died. Good Lord. And we went to investigate this place. And when we first got there, we couldn't get any responses whatsoever. Okay. And I remembered that I went to the same school that somebody kid went to. So I told him, you know, I, and silently, I'm like, hi, my name is Aaron. Mm-hmm. I went to the Minnesota State Academy for the Deaf too. All of a sudden, all of our equipment was lighting up. We couldn't get them to leave us alone. Um, but at that same time, I was overwhelmed with their sadness because I mean, my mother never abandoned me, but I was abandoned in public school. I, I was bullied. I was beat up. Um, you know, I understood some of the stuff that they went through. Sure. And the isolation was the worst. I definitely want to go back, but I know it's going to be a hard thing. Yeah. Um, and so when you're talking to people like that, what, aside from seeking professional advice, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to them to try to help them find their way out of that dark place? I'm very careful with, the verbiage I use. Right. Um, I never give people false hope. Right. But I do tell them to hang on. There is light at the end of the tunnel, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assure them, I'm sure you've heard that a million and one different ways from a bunch of different readers. 
I, you know, I get real with them. Like no bullshit, no sugar yeah. coat, straight up, no chaser. You are going to be fine. If you just keep going a little bit longer. Right. Um, I do not, I do not promise people things. Right. Because I'm, I can only see so much of someone's future. Um, right. There are things that I am blocked from seeing for whatever reasons the divine might have. Right. You know, we don't get the whole power. We don't get it a hundred percent. Right. Um, I wish. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I would want it a hundred percent. I don't know if I want all of it. Um, right. But I, I, I'm always sure to be tender and to be encouraging and to tell that person that I do not know you from jack shit, but I love you. Um, uh, and that's that's the the meat of my message to that person. And it's not untrue just because you're a perfect stranger. Um, right. I do love you as my fellow being on this planet who I do not want to see in this pain that I'm, you know, plugged directly into with you. Um, and that's my angle of, of trying to help. Usually the call ends well. Right. Um, you know, and of course it's that person's choice to call the hotline. And sometimes the call doesn't end well. I remember uh, speaking to a gentleman who I've only spoken to once. Um, it was a phone call. He was distraught over many things in his life. Um, and he was driving at the time while he was speaking of suicidality. That was actually my first phone call where someone was in that low state. Um, and that's what made me put and keep that hotline number on my wall. Um, it's a feeling of, okay, if I say one thing wrong right now, yeah, this person's very existence you know, that could be the thing that tips them further down the rabbit hole when I mean to just hold my hand right where you are. Don't move in either direction. Just don't go any further down. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes they're unreachable. Um, he needed to shout. He needed to vent. He needed to spew all of the things that he was upset about. And I sat and I received them. Now, at a certain point, the call just cut off after he threatened to thank you. Oh my goodness. Um, after he threatened to drive his car that he was in at the time into a tree or off the road or something. Um, my response was, I'm so genuinely sorry that you feel that way in this moment. But tell me more about what was done against you at work, taking the mm. person's mind strategically away from, I want to hurt myself. I want to end myself. Right. Um, now that particular call, he just ended up randomly hanging up at a point and I've never spoken to him again. Um, I do not know if I was able to help him or not, but that's where it got a little, it got real. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Doing this work, it just keeps getting real. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, for for those of you, just real quick, for those of you that are watching, if you are having um, 
having a little hard time if you're walking through uh, that murky part in your, in your mind uh, on the screen is the, uh, the the current number for the National Suicide Hotline, uh, 988. Please reach out. I mean, I may not know who you are. I may not know what you're going through. I may never meet you. But I do care enough that you at least make it. I second that. So uh, I'm going to leave this number up. So we'll keep going with this conversation. Uh, as you were saying. Um, yeah, I, I, I have no way of knowing what happened to that particular client. I can only hope that he lived to complain another day and then complain another day and then complain less as the days go on. Because I genuinely did see, you know, a resolution to what was going on with him at his job and his, you know, other situations that he asked me questions about. Um, I genuinely saw those things coming <laughs> his way. Um, but he was just, you know, I get it. Sometimes we get fed up. Yep. It's easy to get there and hard to, or challenging, I should say, to get away from that particular deserted play lot of the mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, it, it, it's such a tricky river to navigate. For sure. But it's not impossible. Right. It's not impossible. Um, pick my brain. Anything. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, so we are, uh, we, we, we crossed the one hour mark. Uh, okay. Would you be interested in doing a reading? Sure. Does anyone have a question for me? We'll give people a minute to respond. Um, Fine. So while we're waiting for somebody to respond to that, uh, how did you come across Purple Ocean? Um, a Google search. And <laughs> it's the simplest <laughs> answer in the world. Right. It spoke to me. I liked the look of it. I liked uh, the feeling of the crown chakra color being used. And when I got further in there, it just right. felt like um, an easy home to start this journey that I'm currently on. Um, doing readings full time, channeling, connecting people when they ask to be connected. If I am, you know, so fortunate to be able to on that occasion. Right. Um but I'd never heard of them before. I think it's like a, it's a new-ish spin on the old school psychic lines. Like, remember Miss Cleo on TV? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Miss Cleo. Yeah. I, I, that one too, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, I looked around for um, a couple different places that I could do this work. Um in addition to, you know, the house calls, I've done, you know, a handful of parties, you know, the whole thing, right. the whole gamut, um, just having honor for the work. But I like Purple Ocean. It's very user friendly for an old goat like me in this technological world. We live. Oh, please stop it with the old crap. I mean, yeah, not see the white. 
I look forward to mine. Yeah, you know, I when I first had when I first grow my, I had a full head of hair, you know, and it was all white, and I just looked too much like an old man. Oh no! And so I, you know, I decided to kind of go back to my Viking roots, and I did. I got the Viking cut, but now I look like uh, a character out of either, you know, like a side character from like. the Witcher or okay, Thunder well, Anarchy. It's just that's like not a bad thing. That's cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, anybody in the audience, you know, I if, if you're interested in having a reading, uh, post a comment down below, and uh, we will get here to do a reading for you. Now, have you ever noticed your ability being more amplified or more clear? during certain times of the year, because we're coming up on Samhain. Okay. I'm not familiar, but I can say yes, for sure. Um, I can feel upgrades happen, if that makes any sense. There you go. You know, uh, I don't uh, claim to be an astrologist. I'm not versed in astrology, but certain planetary alignments, certain times of year definitely make the veil thinner, if not non-existent for me, as far as between the two worlds. Um in terms of mediumship and how clearly I can see how quickly I'm able to connect. Um, it all varies, but definite big yes. Now, of, of all of those, which ones seem to be, uh, which ones seem to boost your abilities the most? <sighs> Interestingly enough, the full moon. Okay. The full moon. Um, it almost overfills the cup. That's the best way I can describe it in a way that I have to work a little harder to keep up with and a little harder to stay balanced because sometimes I feel like a walking, breathing, tuning fork. Uh, <laughs> if that makes any sense. As far okay. as just energy coming through a physical human vessel covered in skin um shouldn't be able to happen does happen um and when it does it can be a lot a lot and then i adjust and then the next upgrade comes and then the next you know solar eclipse happens and i get through that one even yeah. with the nutty sometimes um the way that i can focus in on a reading just psychic information it can get a little out of sync uh like cars going off the road suddenly yeah yeah then i have to kind of corral them back into their respective lanes in order to you know not have my head pop off or something right yeah well we do have a question um i know this person who's posting it in I know. I'll, I'll leave it to your discretion if you want to approach this one. Okay. Uh, he says, I have uh, end-stage renal failure with okay. one kidney, uh, but I'm very active being a, a director and founder uh, of Outer Reach Paranormal. Do you see us growing stronger and uh, me possibly getting a new kidney. So he wants to know, he basically he's got two questions. Do you see Outer Realm Paranormal growing and being successful? And do you see uh, him having a good chance of getting another kidney? 
Yes to both, actually. But let me describe what I'm seeing as far as the growth of whatever this podcast or business might be. I'm hearing and seeing a convention. I'm not sure if podcast world is something that would ever go to a space like a convention. Um, but it's like you meeting other individuals that are doing the same thing as you as they're checking out your product or getting... Um, you know, there's interest, there's interest in what you have to offer. So that's why I like to explain the why, uh, the yes. No problem. Um, as far as your hopes, I tend to stay away from medical questions, but there is a way that I can get around that one. I do feel like you're going to end up fine because I'm, it's unclear if you are having trouble with standing in your physical situation right now, if not standing at all or long periods of time. Where I'm looking quite a few years ahead, possibly five years, I'm seeing you standing and you look like any other body on the street that has nothing wrong with them. Um, and that is why the the answer to that very first one okay. is also yes. Okay. I hope that helps. I'm sure it does. I mean, uh, he just started Outer Realm Paranormal, and it hasn't even been a full week yet. And it's already got almost 300 members. Nice. Congrats. I don't know mm -hmm. if he's still there, but congrats. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, definitely on point. <laughs> okay, yay. <laughs> um. So, I mean, yeah. Okay, I'm just kind of checking all the information here. There's one of the things that can be a little challenging with doing a podcast by yourself. You know, you got so much to look at and check oh, out. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we're, we're good to call it a show unless there's more you want to talk about. Um, I wouldn't even know where to go, but I have enjoyed this thoroughly. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you did. And uh, I do have one question, and uh, yet I am taking this from another podcast host. Okay. Um, would you like to come back? I would love to. Fun. All right. Yes. Well, oh, 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 and he's uh, responding. Um, uh, I'm that way now. Uh, thank you. I have uh, a UK page as well. That's right. I forgot about that. We just launched a UK division for Outer Reach Paranormal. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> combined, almost 600. You'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, uh, in one week, both the US division and UK division had rallied up almost uh, 600 people. Well done, sir. Quite nice. So yeah, um, so what we'll do is I'll just put you in the back room and just hang tight for a second while I close this out, and we'll talk more about where we go from here. Awesome. Um, so as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, all of her links are in the description down below. So check them out. She's got Facebook, she's got Instagram, YouTube, as well as the actual link for the page, uh, her page on Purple Ocean. So. Go over there, show some support, show some love, and uh, anything else you would like to add to that. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for having me on the show. This was a grand old time. Well, a pleasure to have you on. And uh, so, yeah, I will talk to you in just a moment. <laughs>
Okay, sounds good. All right, that was Libra Starseed, and that's going to be it for tonight. And, uh, you know, as I said, I have left the National Suicide Hotline number up on the screen. And again, I can't stress this enough. If you are having those dark moments, reach out to somebody. If you're not comfortable reaching out to the Suicide Hotline, call somebody you know. And uh, stay tuned for more updates about Consortium of Shadows, which will be coming up. This is going to be a trial by fire. Perry Unity, put up or shut up. And as always, be smart, be safe, and be kind to one another. Because you never know, your one act of kindness might change somebody's life. And as always, stay spooky. (laughs) 